Madagascar is a place that's been isolated by ocean for as long as it has existed. And it's only recently started to be developed by humans. Because of this isolation, animals here haven't needed to adapt to new threats. So they cling to ancient methods, like a small town library that still uses dialogue. A closer look at the creatures here will reveal some primordial practices that may make some squeamish. Like an entire family of ants that has a sinister taste in cuisine. But sometimes the gruesome and grisly tactics are what it takes for your colony to continue in the cycle of life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's 30 minutes of interesting animal info for you. You know why? Because I'm Joe. And I am Carlos. That's why. Is, it, is that why? It's it con- is why. It's conditional? Because I'm Joe. If you weren't Joe, it wouldn't be 30 minutes of interesting animal info. Well, it's because I'm Joe, and it's because today we're talking about an ant that can't grant kindness when food is scant. Even aunt ants pant for a hemolyph transplant. But more on that later. You're, you're undervalued and a credit to your species. Yeah, well, guess what? I was looking up... Uh, things that rhyme with ant, 90% are thi- on Rhyme Zone. 90% are things that have the word plant in them. Like house plant, something plant, something plant, something plant. Nothing rhymes with ant except for plant and all the things I said. And can't, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was very frustrating. Did you say scant in that? Yeah. Okay, good. I said scant. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about the Dracula ant. This is the, this is the second ant we've done on this show. Yep. And it's um, and it's yeah. Don't do this to me. <laughs> uh, this is a special submission by Josiah, who wanted to hear something about ants. He actually submitted a lot of ants, and this was the one that we chose to do for this season. We'll sprinkle those little spicy boys. They are spicy. The rest of, yeah, they are. They're very spicy. And if you eat an ant, it's probably going to be spicy. Especially a fire ant, it's going to bite your tongue. <laughs> Um, unless you kill it fast with your teeth. But yes, let's talk about where this thing lives on the taxonomic spectrum. That's so, a, You know the, all that. The kingdom is one that we know we like and are in. Did I get that right? That's Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Animalia. We did it. We got here. Uh-huh. That's step one. Step two is phylum arthropoda. Because this thing does not have a spine. It wears its skeleton on the outside like a creep. And it's hard on its sleeve. No, the heart is still inside. That's true. Yeah. But I mean, metaphorically. I don't know what that means, actually. So if an <laughs> so if an ant, like, molts its exoskeleton and keeps it in a closet, is it, is it keeping skeletons in its closet? Yeah, it is. Is that what it means? If a, if These it, are all my past lives. This was past to me. It, <laughs> this, is, this is making sense now. From a ant perspective. <laughs> from a if bug's a, life. If an ant... <laughs> Uh, the class is Insecta, and we've been here before, so you should have gotten that already if uh-huh. you're uh, if you're paying attention. Uh-huh. Um, the order is Hymenoptera, which we've been we've done an ant before, so we're getting closer. Yes. Uh, the family is Formicidae or Formicidae. Yep. Guess what that is? Ants. It doesn't have very much to do with Formica, <laughs> the material. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, which differs when, about the same thickness of an ant, a small ant. <laughs> I'm gonna keep that in mind for the measure up. <laughs> um, uh, the genus for this one, because Dracula ant is a huge group of ants. Yep. 
um, and spans multiple genera. Yes. And uh, lots of species. So the genus for this one is Adetomerma. Merma. <laughs> and the species is Venetrix Lestrange. <laughs> which is Venetrix. Adetomerma Venetrix. This is like, that's a rough end of the word. <laughs> you, you watch your attitude, boy. I, I don't have no attitude, mama. <laughs> I don't have no attitude, mama. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I feel like making fun of the sound, the mouth sounds that taxonomy makes will never get old. I feel like that's our whole show. We can always find something. <laughs> well, we can usually find something. But this is what we're going to call it on the show. Although they're a little bit of tongue twisters. Okay. All right. Number one, the friendly but formidable Formican. All right. And the karate cannibal Carapace King. Okay. <laughs> which we'll go into later. <laughs> if I remember to tie that back into the uh, the uh, the nickname. Sometimes you, the listener has to make their own connections. I I don't want to spoon feed things. Yeah. But I also don't want to like just leave people in the dust. I want them to have like. Like walls full of pictures and like yarn, trying to figure this out. (laughs) But I don't want you to be that confused about what we're talking about. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, that's what we're talking about: the Dracula ant. Yeah. Um. uh, So let's talk about what it looks like. Uh, Like a lot of ants. Yeah. Um. It's antish. Sure. Supremely antish. Yeah. It has antish antics. But this one's a little bit. It's a little bit on the different side. Uh, It's decently sized, for an ant. There are very, very, very small ones, and there are a lot bigger ones. Yeah. So it's kind of right there in the middle. It's got a reddish carapace. Yeah. Sometimes on sometimes, the brown size. Sometimes on the almost white size. Yeah, sometimes size. it's like clear. I think it depends on the kind, the the like cast of ant. Yeah, true, true. Like uh, workers. And it has a highly segmented body. Just like this show. Yeah. It's highly segmented. Highly segmented. Like, this is the head of the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or or it's more like the the uh, neck, the thorax. Yeah, we're in the thorax right now. I guess, uh, but it looks like there's eight or so segments instead of just like the head, thorax, and abdomen. It looks like it's got lots of little. It looks like a regular long ant that got chopped up a little bit. Yeah, by a dull knife. Oh, there it didn't go all the way through. <laughs> no, yeah, it's actually pretty gruesome. It's still kicking. Uh, the head is large compared to the body. Uh, and it has a pair of fierce-looking mandibles. Hmm. Unlike me. You, Well, you have regular-looking mandibles, and we, we can't really see them because they're in your jaw. Yeah. I asked Santa for one this year. <laughs> just one mandible. Mandible. A, a, fierce, a fierce-looking one, just kind of jutting out of one side of my head. Didn't get it. So we're back to regular-looking mandibles <laughs> for me. So if you're one, so th- that's what it looks like. You've got an ant essentially on your hands. Um, so 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 slick it so off, squish it and get it off. <laughs> uh, Dracula ants live all over the place, and um, but this particular one, Adetomerma venetrix, lives mostly in Madagascar. Uh huh. But they're, I mean, they live everywhere from. Uh, California to Newfoundland <laughs> to Chile to I was gonna start listing Japan. all the places in the Johnny Cash song, <laughs> and none of these places, except for California, are probably in the Johnny Cash song. <laughs> um, and they live in the Middle East and Africa and India and Papua New Guinea. They're all over the place, but 
this particular species lives in Madagascar. Uh-huh. So is so I've got a carpenter ant in my head. Yeah. And I've got a ghost ant in my head. Okay. What where does this fall on the size spectrum? Well, there's only one way to find out, and that's with a lengthy and ridiculous segment. Or you could just Google it. No, let's do this instead. <laughs> that brings us to the listeners' favorite part of the show, uh, the part of the show where you introduce it, and by you I mean the listener, uh, by submitting you saying, speaking, chittering, squeaking? The words measure up. Harmonizing. Yeah. As we learned last week. With Brian. And today it's introduced by one listener named Raphael. Thanks, Raphael. Take it away. Three, two, one. Penguins. Measure up. That was good. That was one of my. That was that was a good one. Oh, that was a, that was a solid measure up intro. It was indeed. So let's get right into it. Into the length of a worker. They are about 3.5 to 4.5 millimeters, or an average of 4 millimeters. How many ants go into the height of the monument to party founding in North Korea? Party founding? The monument to party founding. Why North Korea? Hint. All right. The monument was dedicated to the Workers' Party Um. of Korea and displays a hammer and sickle and a calligraphy brush and symbolizes... Workers, farmers, and intellectuals, which is typical communist symbology and the cornerstone of North Korea's communist propaganda. All they got with us is a statue. They didn't get any, like, food or basic needs in North Korea. It's a big, it's a big statue, though. Could be. So I'm gonna say like between six and seven of these go into an inch, and this is a statue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean the communists. We're good at building big statues. If there was one thing they were good at, it was big statues. It's like, yeah. Like I, like the Stalin statue that, it's they, true. that they tore down. It was very, very, very big. <laughs> because because these, these communist regimes need you to like them. And you, and Even though they don't give you any food. So that means that the statue has to be big. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm hungry, but dang, is that a big statue? I love that statue and what it represents... More than food. <laughs> I, and th- that's what you would say loudly to a guard, like where a guard is near. Like, boy, do I love that statue. More than even food. I don't need food. Who said food? Who said food? <laughs> <laughs> we don't need that. We don't need that capitalist garbage here. <laughs> um, capitalist pigs eat food. All right. So that's why the pigs. <laughs> so what I say? S- s- this is sarcasm. Six go into. I like f- food. An inch. So that means 48 of them go into a foot. How many feet do you think it is? I don't know. And herein lies the variable, the part that makes this impossible, as it always does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Is is it still standing? I think so. Yeah. I mean, they're still communist. I'm going to say this is a 50-foot statue. Okay. Okay, because like the Statue of Liberty is like three hundred something feet tall, and that's insanely big. That's very big. Um, and the Statue of Bruce Lee in Hong Kong is like twenty five feet tall. So I'm thinking it's between those two. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> it is. Uh, so fifty feet is good. Fifty times forty eight, two thousand four hundred ants. Two thousand four hundred ants go into 
this statue of communism. So, you would have been only 10 feet off if you had said 100 more feet. It was a <laughs> it was 100 it's 160 feet tall. Oh man, that's that a makes big it statue. 1200 or 12,192 ants. Ah, uh, bummer. You were just a decimal point off. That is a that's a big statue. Let's move on to colony size. There are about uh, 10,000 workers in a colony. How many Roanoke colonies go into a Dracula ant colony? 10,000 workers? Yes. So we're just going to go by the workers? Go, just go by the workers. Okay. It's a good measurement of the colony size. Roanoke was pretty small. Well, here's a hint. The colony, <laughs> the colony at Roanoke was established in... 1585. Oh, I know why this one, why you included this one. On a colonizing expedition led by John White. They fell on hard times, and White sailed to England for supplies and help, but he was unable to return for three years. When he returned in 1590, the colonists were gone, and we still don't know what happened to them to this day. I'm, I'm gonna, I'll mention why I know, why I think you tied that in. Okay. After we get to the major fact. Oh, okay. Um, did you, did you, are, are you thinking what I'm thinking? No. No? All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll try to remember to mention Just because that it's later. a colony. Both are colonies. Oh. Okay. I'm going to say there were a hundred people at the Roanoke colony because I don't know. Okay. I know that it wasn't a ton or maybe if they all, people could be a if ton. they stood on a scale, yeah, it would yeah. all be one ton. <laughs> um, actually that'd be pretty easy if just. 10 people who weighed 200 pounds stood on a scale. That's <laughs> yeah. a ton. Um, so, I'm just calling it 100 just for ease's sake. And you said 10,000. So that means um, 100. 100 colonies. 116 people were at Roanoke. Nice! And it's 86 colonies. That's, that's pretty close. <laughs> Not bad, not bad. You know your like early American settler colony sizes pretty well. I do. I that's my claim to fame, actually. <laughs> I'm gonna start. Name, I'm, name I'm, me any American early American colony. I'll tell you how many people were in it. <laughs> what if that was my shtick? <laughs> what, what if people invited me to parties because I knew uh, like early American colony sizes? That would be difficult because it, I don't think most people could name an Amer like early American colonies. Like uh, they'd be like Jamestown, you'd be like. Yeah. This many. And then they'd be like, is there others? <laughs> <laughs> Roanoke. That yeah. That would be the second one. It's another famous one. Fraggle Rock. Is that another Plymouth? one? Plymouth? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's go on to uh, their behavior, which we'll go into more in the major fact. But one thing that makes Dracula ants pretty unique is that they accept foreign ants into their nests instead of just murdering them, huh. which a lot of ants tend to do as soon as another, an ant from a different, not, it's not even a different species, just a, a different colony oh. shows up or falls in or whatever. Uh, they just swarm and murder it. We don't know your chemicals. Get out of here. Yeah, there's <laughs> this is foreign chemicals. <laughs> you smell bad. You, you smell different. Yeah, most, um, most ants are pretty xenophobic. Um, they just don't want new things to, to, to jostle their way of life. Right. But Dracula ants, they're all about it. 
They're like, yeah, come in. The water's fine. I mean, the log, the rotten log is fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and moist. So they, that, that, uh, n- they're not really sure if that worker gets adopted or conscripted. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, now you're, uh, now you have to be one of us. You've been shanghaied. <laughs> I wonder, yeah, if they're like just walking around looking for their own like stuff and then they're like, hey, excuse me, take some of these chemicals. And he's like, what? He's like, oh, I'm you now. Uh, I'm you now. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if it's an infiltration or um, bondage. Uh, so that means that entire colonies can be integrated into other colonies, but usually smaller, younger colonies will be integrated into older, larger ones if their habitats collide. Right. Let's talk about their those mandibles that I'm, I'm so jealous of. A Dracula ant is, by some stretch of the imagination and to some experts, the fastest animal alive. Not its movement speed, not even its relative movement speed, but it can take those little mandibles and snap them shut at 200 miles per hour. Yeah. So, you know, you got the cheetah that runs at 60 miles an hour. You have, like, the the marlin that swims at 670 miles an hour or something like that. You even have the mantis shrimp we talked about. Punches at 50 miles an hour. Now that's underwater. But this is 200 miles an hour. Do you know how fast it reaches 200 miles an hour? Well, like a millisecond? Well, it yes. Yeah. Zero to 200 miles per hour in 0.000015 seconds. That sounds a lot less than a millisecond. It's a thousand times faster than you can snap your fingers. And it's crazy because that's exactly what they do, is they snap. Yeah. They they take their mandibles and they pinch them together until one slides off the other and yep. snaps. Just mm-hmm. the same way that we snap our fingers. It's not like they have them open and then they close them really fast. They put them together and then snap like that. Yeah, they'll, they, they will prepare for it by like squeezing them together so much so that the potential energy bows their mandibles a bit and then... So what do you, they use this for? Is this just a dumb trick that they know? No, for of making people not. turn into dust. Yeah, it's to it's to attack. <laughs> <laughs> All Dracula ants, I believe, can do this, but at least one. Yeah. Um, At least one intrepid individual ant. (laughs) No, I'm pretty sure all Dracula ants can do this. Uh, But it depends on what they use it for, whether it's just defense or whether they uh, try to stun and kill prey. Uh Without further ado, I don't want to talk more about prey until we talk about the major fact. Okay, here we go. Here's where it's getting major. And grosser. Yeah. Significantly grosser. So, most ants engage in social food behavior. They will forage for food. Uh, like crumbs on your kitchen counter, and carry them back to their nest where they share it with each other and the queen. However, adult Dracula ants can't consume or digest solid food. All Dracula ants? Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. I'm assuming because they get the name because of what I'm about to say. Uh, But their larvae can digest solid foods. Sort of like the opposite of humans. (laughs) (laughs) Babies can't, and we can. We're good at it. Yeah, we've we've trained our jaws, our mandibles. Yes. Uh, they feed larvae, um, giving them all the nutrients they need, but for a gruesome price. The adult ants tending to the nursery will make a small incision in the larva's body, and then they will drink their blood. 
The blood is then carried to the queen for regurgitation. Now let's go. You know what's grosser than blood? Regurgitated blood. (laughs) (laughs) But the 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 process is non-lethal. We've talked about regurgitated blood before, have we? Yeah, because the vampire bat. um, Yeah, the vampire bat will throw up its blood if it's if it can't fly away. It barfs blood onto its babies. Oh yeah, it does that too. The best alliteration we've ever done in this podcast. Animals are are gross. Awful things. (laughs) (laughs) Why are we talking about them? um, Because they're great. Uh, But uh, this is non-lethal. The larvae live through the process and become more blood-sucking adults. But under a microscope, you can see that the larva is covered in scars. Talk about a rough childhood. Do they remind them that the past is real? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's important to note that ant blood is technically not blood, and that brings us to uh, another segment of the show we do every once in a while called "Know the Difference." And this, uh, I'd like to issue a trigger warning for anyone like Carlos who gets the heebie-jeebies. I love it. Uh, Give me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this substance that flows through bug bodies is called hemolymph. Hephalump. Yeah, hump, hephalump. Which is the name for the invertebrate version of blood. Invertebrate juice. Exoskeleton juice. Yeah. So uh, the blood of invertebrates like you and me, or the blood of vertebrates like you and me and your dog, contain red blood cells, which oxygenates our entire bodies. So because we have a closed circulatory system with arteries and veins and stuff, we need blood to carry oxygen from our respiratory system, which is our lungs, uh, to the rest of the body. I'm sorry, I'm composing myself. You keep talking. The <laughs> uh, invertebrates, like the Dracula ant, have open circulatory systems. Instead of veins and arteries, hemolymph flows freely through the body. So basically, it's just juice flowing inside that exoskeleton. It's not like within the walls of veins and stuff. Yeah, I think we talked about this with spiders. Yes. Okay. Uh, oxygen often permeates the insect's exoskeleton, oxygenating their insides. Beautiful. So they don't need, like, red blood cells. But since there are no red blood cells, if you are picturing an ant with red liquid dripping from its mandibles, stop it. It's more like a yellow or clear liquid. So, so it's like like pus instead of blood. Yeah. If it's if better. you if you think thinking <laughs> if thinking about an ant drinking its larva's blood is disgusting, think of it more as pus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you might be thinking, wait, I've smashed insects before and it bled red. Well, if it was a mosquito, it was probably your blood or somebody else's blood that it just sucked up. Wash yourself afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> if it was a housefly, that was actually red eye goop that helps them filter color in a, in a certain way that's too complicated to explain in this episode. Interesting. If you smash a, a fly and it's red juice, it's eyeball juice. If you can smash a housefly with your hand, you deserve a medal. Those things are fast. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty, pretty quick. Yeah. And now a new segment I like to call Back to the Fact, where we go back to the major <laughs> fact. <laughs> Uh, hemolymph is mostly water, but also contains other stuff like ions, carbs, lipids, glycerol, amino acids, and hormones. That's right. Bug blood is full of fats and sugars 
which makes it a good source of food for animals like Dra- the Dracula ant, certain types of wasps, wasps that also feed on the larva, and bear grills. And spiders. Good source of vitamins. <laughs> Little spicy vitamins. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That's, that's what I got. Did you have more on there, like, stuff? Well, I was going to talk, though I was going to tie in the the Roanoke colony thing, but then I remembered it was Jamestown oh. that was reported to have uh, possibly, during, like, a really, really harsh winter, eaten some children that had died of starvation. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's... So I thought that's what you were tying in, like the, like the eating children situation. I mean, there's lots of theories about Roanoke, and I think that's one of them is cannibalism. I don't know about Roanoke, but I, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm sure that this theory is for Jamestown, not Roanoke, because they don't have the bodies of the people from Roanoke; they're gone. Right. So they, but they do have like graves from Jamestown. Right. Um, and also there is a genus of Dracula ant called um, Stigmatoma. I have a joke that I had to throw away because we changed the genes at the last minute <laughs> called uh, Breaking the Stigmatoma of Feeding Off Your Infants. <laughs> yeah. There should still be some stigmatoma on that, I think. Just get rid of your human hang-ups. <laughs> uh, the ant world is brutal. Yeah. Just watch the movie Ants. Yeah. With a Z. Or if you want to have a good time, watch Bugs Life. Yeah, even though ants aren't bugs. Look it up. Let well, us know. Tweet it. Bugs are a really small subgroup of insects. They are. And we call everything a bug. <laughs> all right, but yeah, that's uh, all we got. And I forgot to write something for the end. So, uh, feed your young. Raise them right. But don't raise them ripe. <laughs> like the Dracula ant in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. <laughs> Ants share food and even blood. Their social cooperations would be touching if it wasn't so gross. But we can learn a thing or two from these sinister little insects. Proverbs 6 tells us to take a page from the ants' work ethic, but we can also learn a thing or two from them about sharing. So look to the anto, sluggard, and share this podcast with your friends and family. And share your thoughts with us by leaving a review on iTunes. Don't just listen and regurgitate the information to people on the street. Lead them to the source. And as always, thanks for listening and subscribing. Life, Death, and Taxonomy is my favorite in the world podcast. <laughs> it was more of a story. There's at least one bug in that movie. It was in more of a story about the the beetle and the ladybug. <laughs> yeah, and the praying mantis. Those are the main characters because those are the lives from the bugs. Are praying mantis bugs? Sure. True bugs? Why not? <laughs> no. I don't know what makes I, it a true bug again. Uh, it's like usually a beetle, and it's got like a T-shaped back. Is it the the shape, or is it? Are there other the, factors that make it? The a bug? T-shape is like where the head separates the two like wing shells. Yeah. So there's the wing shell, and then the T where it stops. I think praying mantis have exposed wings, so maybe that doesn't count. Yeah.